Welcome to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and this week we're starting our week off with a recap of week seven, as we always do. We have our all-fantasy, all-breakout, dynamic duos, and buy, sell, or hold, slash let's take a look at the waiver wires, see what we have going on there, and just play a fun little game, buy, sell, or hold. It's a fun little uh, fun little segment of the show. I want to apologize in advance. I think I was having some mic issues with the show. It looks like I was accidentally using my computer mic instead of my actual recording mic. I pride myself in putting together a quality show, and the sound quality is off, so you might have to turn up the volume a little later in the show after the um, after the breaking news, the week that was breaking news, week seven segment. So I apologize in advance for that, folks. I will not make that mistake again. Make sure to double check and triple check my mic checks moving forward. So with that being said, again, we're brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. As always, join us at phantomsportsindustries.com, another section of the sports section on the internet for you to get your stories about all your favorite leagues. NBA started, so look for some stories about that, about your favorite NBA teams. Love having you there. Hope that you check us out. Follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore fantasy. Instagram, TikTok as well on the socials. Also like us on Facebook at Phantom Sports. All the social media, anything you need Phantom Sports related. Tune into our other podcasts. We have a lot of great podcasts on the Phantom Sports Industries. You can check us out on the website in the media section. So I'm not going to waste your time too much giving you all this promo spiel, but got to do it. Got to do it for the brand. Got to rep the brand. So With that being said, let's get started, and we're going to review week seven. All right, fantasy football players, welcome to another episode of the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. I just want to get something off my chest here because uh, Brees Hall, it, it, it was impactful to my fantasy team this week. I know Mike Williams for other teams too. A couple of things about with the Brees Hall stuff. I'm not I'm not pounding the table to try to get James Robinson and Michael Carter. Some Brees Hall owners might already have Michael Carter if you would have handcuffed that backfield, but just just some thoughts. This is where you need to get creative with it if you didn't have a second running back. This is why, you know, we pick up the Kyron Williams just to put on our on our IR in case something like this happens. Obviously, you're putting Brees Hall on your IR if you have a dynasty team, but for redraft leagues, you just got to drop him, cut your losses. I'd be going after Gus Edwards. I'd be going after anybody, and you'll hear more about that in Buy, Seller, Hold. But then in regards to Mike Williams and the Chargers... If he's back, you're going to play him. But for a fill-in on the Chargers, probably DeAndre Carter, probably be our best bet. Uh, Gerald Everett be filling in there. Keenan Allen, he just doesn't look like himself yet. I don't know if he will. It might be one of those uh, injuries, injured Keenan Allen seasons where he just doesn't come back 100% ever. We've seen that before, unfortunately. It's just, it's just you know, it's kind of the roll of the dice when you, when you get Keenan Allen. So... Yeah, it, it's 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 not easy when you get those top dogs taken out. But, uh, you know, 
make some trades, figure, you'll figure something out. You can find a trade. You've got to be creative. I, I trust that you all are competent fantasy managers. If you're listening to this podcast, you're clearly going through Rolodex of resources and research. So don't hesitate. I'm just here. I'm, I'm, I'm your muse. Let me be your encouragement. We can do this. We can get through this. So uh, with that being said, let's let's get into it. Uh, week that was week seven. Welcome to week seven on Thursday evening where DeAndre Hopkins helped Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray keep their jobs and earn their bonuses by getting a win over the Saints. Finally, we had a Thursday night football game where there were multiple touchdowns by both teams. About time. Amazon Prime. On Sunday, we had a couple of surprises where the Packers lost another winnable game against the Commanders team, and then Tom Brady and the Buccaneers lost to the Fire Sale Carolina Panthers. Who would have thought? These two quarterbacks? Looking a little washed if you ask me. And I'm a Packers fan. Yikes. Joe Burrow and his receivers routed the Falcons, getting the win over the Bengals. Not the Bengals. That's the Falcons. Cowboys took care of business against the Lions. Titans held back the Colts from any consistent offensive production as their defense had their way with them. And the New York football Giants went to Jacksonville as the underdog, but Danny Dimes was able to make the plays and shock the gambling gurus by putting the Giants to 6-1. The Ravens snuck by the Browns to get the win as Baltimore running back roulette was won by Gus Edwards this week. The Jets may have lost Brees Hall for the season, but... They defeated a Russell Wilson-less Broncos team in the mile high. This Jets team? Something special. Josh Jacobs scored three touchdowns in a win against the Texans as the Raiders moved to 2-4. and four. And the Seattle Seahawks are now leading the NFC West with a win over the Chargers. Chiefs crashed Christian McCaffrey's debut with the 49ers, getting the win in Santa Clara. And Miami held themselves past the Steelers in a zero-point duel in the second half as they escaped with the victory. Finally, Monday night, the Bears decided to get nasty with it and surprised Bill Belichick and the Patriots with a dual threat attack. Justin Fields getting on the ground, dominating with the win in Foxborough. And that was week seven. All right, let's take a look at what we saw in week seven. From our all fantasy perspective. So first off, I'll say there were a lot of rare areas for production this week from the standpoint of just uh, looking at how everything kind of shook up because there were a lot of high scoring opportunities there depending on who was rostered on respective fantasy teams. But there were also a number of just terrible situations as well. It, It was like there was Obviously, it kind of shakes up to a certain point in fantasy year where certain teams just stand out and are just the pinnacle of scoring and other teams, and then it's just everybody else. It's kind of interesting. And I've actually never played in a league before where somebody has gone 0-7. So this is this is a new one for me in particular. I've seen five, six straight losses, but never seven. And I don't know if this particular team will win a game just because of the way they drafted. And they had the first pick overall, so they have like Jonathan Taylor. And it hasn't been a good year for them at all, all things considered. So all fantasy week seven starting off, you had Joe Burrow, top quarterback again. He has been incredible this season. Seems as though the Bengals have put it together that what they need to do is just let him throw it. Just let him throw it across the yard. 
not necessarily in a backyard football way like Kyler does, but you need to let him air it out. And then one of those three incredible receivers week in and week out will be one of the top producers in conjunction with him. So that that being said, and Mixon does a good job in his own right at being the back who runs that backfield, but he's not needed every play because they can get yards so efficiently with Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and now even Hayden Hurst joining the mix a little bit. It's one of the more incredible things that we've seen from a quarterback who has put himself up there as one of the greats in the league right now. We all thought it was going to be Josh Allen's year, but and it is Josh Allen's year to an extent just because of his dual threat ability. But what Joe Burrow is capable of, he's got to be the best at throwing those deep balls. He's just on the money. And call it what you want, but if he keeps doing this, don't matter what offensive line you have for him because he doesn't need anybody to block for him because he gets that ball out so quick and well you'll see what happened for our all fantasy team this week because then we go into our running backs and it was Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs hands down the two best by far Josh Jacobs credible performance three touchdowns Austin Eckler only offensive player really did much for the Chargers in that loss against the Seahawks and he's just been Eckler's just been on fire lately. Josh Jacobs has been on fire lately. They've been very consistent in terms of their, uh, in terms of their appearances in these top, you know, tiers. Week five, for example, we had Austin Eckler as the second best running back, and then Josh Jacobs was not too far behind him. So these two are regular, regular, yeah, week week four even. Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. So we had them in week four as the top two. And now here we are again, week seven as the top two running backs. These two are just, they're killing it right now. And it it would have been, to be honest, it would have been a very attainable stack for somebody who had like, okay, so Eckler would have probably been drafted, say like fourth or fifth in majority of fantasy football drafts and then Josh Jacobs would have been taken somewhere in the second round so if you would have these two guys you'd be sitting pretty right now that's for sure it it would not have been unattainable at all and then we go to the wide receivers and this is where it just gets stupid for the Bengals because Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd were the top two wide receivers in fantasy this weekend Joe Burrow Jamar Chase there there's not a better duo in football like I know that and I know that Josh Allen and Gabe Davis or Stefan Diggs, they have their days, but I don't think we have a better dynamic duo right now. And they always bring another one with them, whether that be T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon. It's it, it's it's so crazy how this happens. The other Michael Thomas that they have on the team, I think it, it just they have weapons that can produce any given Sunday. It's just going to usually be Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase will even be second fiddle to somebody sometimes. But this week, it was all him. And Tyler Boyd, you know, he makes his appearance every once in a while. It's kind of like an eclipse. What week's going to be the Tyler Boyd week? But if you had Tyler Boyd, hopefully you played him because he would have given you wide receiver one production. So, it and then the third wide receiver was McCole Hardman. Definitely beneficiary of getting those rushing opportunities against the Niners. Uh, just seeing different ways that they can use him in the Andy Reid offense with Patrick Mahomes. 
and company, they had a really good game. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey also getting involved in that one. But Nicole Hardman was the one that uh, broke out. And then going to the tight end, uh, National Tight End Day, I it just cracks me up that they that George Kittle kind of his tight end awareness, him and Greg Olson, what they've done for the tight end community has been pretty funny. But I think you know tight ends don't get a lot of credit because they have to run routes like a receiver, they have to block like a lineman, and sometimes they even have to rush like a running back, or they have to block in the backfield like a fullback. The tight end is truly like uh, it's a special weapon in football, and the teams. Every team needs one right now with the way the NFL game is going. So uh, credit where credit's due. Shout out to the tight ends and the National Tight End Day. Tight end, George Kittle was the top tight end of the week. And then uh, second to him was Juwan Johnson from that performance on Thursday night against the Cardinals. So those two are our top two tight ends. And then if we were to give like a top flex if out of all of it, it would be Kenneth Walker. The third would have been a very attainable flex in a lot of drafts this this year. Think about it with this with with this collection of guys like outside of the well, yeah, outside of Jamar Chase because he would have been a second round pick. You could have had this combination of players on your fantasy team this weekend very attainably in drafts. And I don't, I I know I can't keep saying you know let's look it back from the draft before week one, because, you know, hindsight, if we would have known you could have the best potential team week in and week out, you would have had it. It, it. But it's just interesting to think about that and looking back from what we would have drafted and where we might have went wrong. Or sometimes even with our own lineup decisions, what was that like calculus that we were doing to play the guys that we played that weren't successful? And why were some of these guys that were sitting on our benches or waivers successful instead? So just some thoughts to, and just to, you know, understand the trends of where things are going from the season's perspective and who's going to be our, our top answers, because a lot of these guys come from the top offenses in the NFL right now. And that that's something to look into from the fact that, okay, that guy had a game this week Maybe there's other guys on the team that they're on that are going to have their productive weeks other weeks, and then we go look for them on our waiver wires to see where it goes. Uh, It's all connected. So then our top defense and special teams was the Titans. They put in that work. Uh, On the Colts, the Colts is just it's a sorry team right there for sure. Uh, Why they're going away from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger. And without a question, they need to do something. They have been seeking production with veteran quarterbacks that have failed at their previous destinations or at their previous spots or just I wouldn't say like Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan were failures it's just that they have their they gave their previous teams everything they had and sometimes when you do that I don't know if you have much else to give to your give to the Colts anymore it, it's just tough at that stage in your career Matt Stafford was on it's on the precipice of kind of being over the hill like we're seeing we're seeing that a little bit with the Rams right now this season so that being said it's just so difficult to keep the, keep that production going like Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers it's just not where it was with those guys even and you want to think they're going to get it together and get it together and it's not even like the Colts got one of those top guys, though, like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. 
They got Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan. They tried Carson Wentz, somebody a little younger, somebody who had Frank, who had experience with Frank Reich, and they just pitched him. But at least he was better than Matt Ryan has been so far this far into the season. So it, this has to be a last ditch effort for Chris Ballard and and Frank Reich to keep their jobs in Indy. Because if this experiment doesn't go well with Ellinger, I question what I I do question how long those two have in in uh in Indy to make it work because we've already seen Carolina fire their coach this season and I don't know if there's going to be any others but they're hanging on by threads I would say in Indianapolis but I just wonder if you're Indianapolis and you're looking at like well shoot like at least we're not the Cardinals but at least the Cardinals are fun like the Cardinals extended everybody up for whatever reason but i mean shoot it works top kicker cairo santos no question about it the bears had themselves a field day in foxborough so he had the most opportunities from a field position perspective with justin jefferson getting where he got in the field to set him up for success top kicker of the week Uh, and that's not the easiest place to kick either so that was pretty impressive for cairo santos now uh all breakout for Week seven would be first off at quarterback, Daniel Jones. And I would say at this point for the buy seller hold, he's definitely going to be one of the buys because of waiver wires. If you have one of those quarterbacks like Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, easy pickup, slide him in that quarterback starting spot and just let the Giants take care of the rest. And yeah, I I mean, I'm not sure if it, it, he has the dual threat capabilities is similar to Justin Jefferson too, but the difference between, not Justin Jefferson, Justin Fields, difference between Justin Fields and Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones plays uh, for a team that's actually winning football games week in and week out. Justin Fields, it depends on the day, depends on the Sunday. We can't guarantee that Patriots performance all the time. Kenneth Walker, the third was our breakout running back, and he's special. Uh, he was special at Michigan State. He is uh, he's doing his thing. That I wasn't sure if he was capable of it at the NFL record, uh, NFL record at the NFL level, because what he did at Michigan State and how much Michigan State depended on him, like he single-handedly beat Michigan, and it was he was one of the most impressive one-year sample size out of running back I've ever seen. And I, it was a stroke of genius for that Mel Tucker was able to get him from Wake Forest and plug him in and utilize him and just ride him to the season Michigan State had last year because now Michigan State has really fallen off the wagon since he's left. But it just is showing that how special Kenneth Walker really was to that Michigan State team and how special he could potentially be in the NFL now that we're seeing what he's capable of. I want to see more, obviously, but from what we're seeing so far, it, it's safe to say he he's a starter. He's a starter in this league right now on any team almost. It, he he's he's the dude. So you gotta you gotta start Kenneth Walker in your running back spot if you have him. And then Eno Benjamin finally had the game that Cliff Kingsbury probably ex, you know thought he was capable of. Now, guaranteed, that Saints defense was pretty depleted, but 
he did a quality job on Thursday night uh, running the rock. And the Cardinals had a balanced attack, actually, which was kind of surprising to see. And then we'll go down to our breakout receivers. McCole Hardman, obviously, with his performance, top breakout wide receiver this week. Paris Campbell. Again, we're bringing up his name. He had a good game against Tennessee. It's just kind of strange because Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman not having the games that we would expect from them, but Paris Campbell getting those targets as well. It just is curious. I'm not necessarily looking to pick up Paris Campbell, but he's definitely worth looking out for. Then Seattle with DK Metcalf going down. Marquise Goodwin came in and uh, absorbed a lot of that production. Defense must have just ignored him on the Chargers side, and he was able to come through and put up some numbers to help Seattle get that win. Javon Johnson, he's in the breakout as well, just top breakout for this week because I'm not sure if we're going to see that production from him again this year, but we might. You know, stranger things have happened. And then other breakout, I just put Pat Fryermuth there. Uh, he's going to, he'll, I think, you know, he has potential to be one of the top tight ends in a given week, but I'd say we're really starting to see him warm up more and more, especially around the goal line. You'll see him get more targets throughout the year as he did last season. Very impressive for a second year tight end. As we know, most tight ends in the NFL do not get their bearings until their third season, but Pat Fryermuth, he's expedited that process and he is turning out to be a very quality resource for the Steelers offense. And I think the Steelers team is going to keep on, uh, they're going to keep stealing wins occasionally like they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Tampa Bay might be bad, as we found out against Carolina. And then breakout flex, going to give it to DeAndre Hopkins. Hopefully we'll see him in one of the all-fantasy slots for receiver this season. He'll get a couple honorable mentions. Seems like he is making things all right with the Arizona offense. He's, he's DeAndre Hopkins. You can't not, like, focused part of the defense on him when he's out there he is that lethal if you leave him alone he's going to burn you and I just don't have the same respect for Robbie Anderson Andy Isabella Randall Moore uh, I mean shoot even Hollywood Brown like he he did a serviceable job and he'll be back later this season but it's going to be Kyler's going to be throwing it to DeAndre more often than even Hollywood I don't even why do we call him Hollywood from I, just doesn't make sense to me. He went to Oklahoma, uh, whatever. He can call himself what he wants to call himself. At the end of the day, DeAndre Hopkins will lead the target share in that offense, no matter who's out there. I wonder if AJ Green is going to ride the pine, similar to Julio Jones. I'm not sure if he's worth holding on to if I'm the Cardinals, but if he's there, just a good resource for the receiver room. It's good to keep around vets like that. I mean, shoot, Packers have Sammy Watkins, so not much different if you ask me at this point. Defense special teams, give it to the Bears and the Cardinals. I'm not sure when we'll see them put up numbers like that again this season, but they did a good job against their opponents, and you would have been you would have been very you would have been very pleased with the results that you got having those two as your defenses, and it wouldn't have been a conventional start. So good job by you. Wise beyond your years. And then for kicker, we'll give it to Jason Myers. He had a really great game. He 
for the Seahawks against Chargers, and you would have been very happy with his results as your kicker. Honorable mentions this week, Andy Dalton, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields in the quarterback spot. Who would have thought? Outside of Mahomes, who would have thought? And then uh, running back Aaron Jones, finally the Packers handing him the rock more, and he was getting involved in the passing game too. The Packers need to do this. They need to get their running backs more involved. Look for Aaron Jones to continue to be this productive. Ramondre Stevenson, same thing. He is the leader of that New England backfield, in my opinion. Now, it's not that Damian Harris isn't going to have a game every once in a while, but I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to get the lion's share of this moving forward. Raheem Mostert uh, dominated the backfield for the Dolphins. It would be great to see Chase Edmonds get more involved, but it seems like Mostert and McDaniel just have more of that experience together. And uh, they say Edmonds is going to get his carries. I think that's going to truly depend on Mostert's health. It's not going to be a hot hand situation. I think that Raheem Mostert is the better back, but he's 30. So it's not like you can count on him week in and week out. Honorable mention wide receiver, Mike Williams, obviously got hurt, high ankle sprain. He'll be back later this season, but he put up enough points to make you feel competitive in your matchup. So it's a good, good addition for Mike Williams. And then defenses, Dallas is special. I'm hearing Micah Parsons' MVP talk. I hope that we continue to hear that because of what he does for that defense and how he impacts games. It's unlike any other player in the league, I feel like, right now. And the quarterback, what what the, what people are saying is that the quarterback production hasn't been as strong as it's been. So there's a strong likelihood that there could be some outliers for the MVP. I think that's a little bogus on the stretch. If we go outside the quarterback room for the MVP, I wish we would more, to be frank. I, I kind of wish that there was a separate quarterback award and then everybody else i don't know though i'm crazy i guess i'm talking crazy or just have an offensive and defensive mvp but it's uh i don't know it's done by the media at the end of the day but i just hope that michael parsons gets gets his due for what he's been doing if, uh, to offenses just terrorizing them he is it's just insane what he's capable of and he's not even pass rushing every single play like he's covering too and he's still able to get to the quarterback as much as he is able to it stinks because it's like Aaron Donald never got that credit but Micah Parsons just seems to be a little more versatile than Aaron Donald even just because he has that element of being able to separate off the line go into coverage you know just get those tackles in the open field and also pass rush special stuff for sure Ravens defense, honorable mention, they served you up well against Cleveland. Don't look for that consistently. Their defense sometimes just does not show up, even though their uniforms make them look better than they really are. Dolphins did a good job holding Pittsburgh to limited offense. Chiefs did enough to hold the hold the point line, uh hold the point line up. That's all you want, you know. A lot of those leagues give you ten points to start with your defense when they get on the field for the first time. And as long as they can keep that above water and not drop too low, that's a win in my book, especially if they can keep it at that 10. Obviously, you want to see them double it like the Titans did. But shoot, if you can keep it at 10, 
I'm very happy with that. Robbie Gold for kickers and Randy Bullock also honorable mention for the kickers. And then moving over to our dynamic duos, which there weren't a whole lot this week, but we got to give it to the Cincinnati Bengals, with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, obviously like no duh, Brandon, like of course they were the top dynamic duos. And then of course, Kansas City, Tra- Patrick Mahomes, McCole Hardman, top for that team, but Juju Smith-Schuster would have been incredible to have with Patrick, along with Travis Kelsey, as always. So, salute there. And then the unconventional one would have been Andy Dalton and Juwan Johnson. Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, obviously, would have been productive as well with him. So, those are our dynamic duos, and that is our all-fantasy for Week 7. Hey, do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks? Well, with Prediction Strike, you can. Now, this app, Prediction Strike, you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players. Download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capitals, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market hello this is simon short of the phantom football podcast part of the phantom podcast family every tuesday join me benjamin parker and ronan summers as we react to and analyze every game piece of news and trend across the nfl Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody. It's that time of the show where I buy, sell, or hold certain players on my team, certain players on waivers. Basically, just a good waiver overview just a shot so currently you looking at things that everybody has different things in their leagues so unfortunately due to the injuries this past weekend Brees Hall gotta drop him it was sad to it was sad to let him go uh I was a huge advocate for him uh drafting him and just starting him and you know he left us with that that beautiful 60 plus yard touchdown to uh send us all into the week but yeah it's just tough to see a a young guy go down like that um he was he was poised to have an incredible season now unfortunately it's uh it's a kind of a jk dobbins situation except at least he got to play a little bit starting the season so gotta get some new blood on your roster some new running backs that are available. For example, in my league, for some reason, Khalil Herbert is available. So that would be a buy. J.D. McKissick, interesting, but not really too interested. Uh, Gus Edwards, buy for sure. And at least from the running back side of it, Dontrell Hilliard, someone just to watch out for depending on the situations in Tennessee, 
it's not that Derrick Henry is invincible. He obviously does not get very injured always, but something just to watch out for. And then Samaji Pirine, just because he's a part of that Cincinnati offense, it's worth at least giving him uh, analysis just to see. Uh, I'm I'm purely like just looking at it from a brass tacks of what I have available in my leagues. Um, Rex Burkhead, and we're talking like this is we're scraping the barrel here, which is kind of what I'm doing at running back in one of my leagues. I because it was a zero RB build, so I'm looking at some pretty sorry uh, situations. Uh, nonetheless, we'll we'll figure it out. My wide receivers are juiced, and uh, Jalen Hurts is one of my quarterbacks, so I'll be all right. So that is my running back look at what's available. It's Gus Edwards. Um, people probably already added him based on what they were seeing pregame for the Ravens, being that he was practicing with the first unit. So that being said, uh, he's the one to get. And then after that, it you're kind of we're just going to have to wait and see more news throughout the week around the league just to see what other teams are doing in their running back spot. Is Dearness Johnson. That's a tough backfield to get any action in just because it's too. It'll be curious to see what will happen, who's going to drop who tomorrow, being that it is waiver day. So doing this on Tuesday, going into Wednesday. So that is what we're looking at. Uh, I feel like, I mean, Ingram's available in a lot of leagues too, but it's just such an inconsistent backfield and he's not really a change of pace back he's more so I'm here to give Kamara a quick rest so not really interested in that bill of goods from the Marvin Ingram side so that's running back I know we're doing this in backwards order moving over to quarterback though Daniel Jones I think that we have to consider him as somebody who's worth picking up in a waiver uh situation or just to grab him and put stash him on our roster so somebody else doesn't get him. Like if our opponent has, say, Justin Herbert on their team and they're looking for a quarterback because they don't have anybody else on their roster, maybe if you have the waiver advantage, go grab Daniel Jones, stash him on your roster so your opponent can't get him. So then your opponent is forced to choose between the likes of Mariota, Justin Fields, Matthew Stafford, Jameis Winston, just you know that's what that's part of the element you know the kind of the chess first checkers make your opponent have to make hard decisions so that would be a way to do it in my opinion i threw a bid on daniel jones in some of my leagues just to um, just to muddy the waters in getting him do i think i'll get him probably not but it doesn't hurt to at least try and uh that is the that's the best part about it I'm just going to look at my 10-team league here from a quarterback perspective. Yeah, Daniel Jones, still one of the better options. Guys must have really loaded up on quarterbacks in this league. I don't know why. Because this league's different, too, because it's like... Um, it's just difficult to... There's just so many uh, other players that are in this league that know what they're doing so it's sometimes a little it's just a little crowded the league so 
in a, in a smaller league than 12 teams. When you have 12 teams, the decisions are just a lot more difficult. But, uh, yeah, Daniel Jones is the way to go. And then also Michael Carter. I'm not sure how to get him because he's rostered on a lot of leagues, but I'm sure he's available in some. Just one to look at because even though James Robinson got traded there with Jacksonville, it, uh, they're going to be split in time a lot. And Robinson's going to need to get his bearings in the offense. So not to say he's a professional, he'll be able to pick it up quickly. And it, the Jets run a very running back favorable offense. So you should be able to figure out with him. But those are guys that might be worth, uh, you know, throwing a bit at um, Daryl Henderson. Not terrible right now. He's basically the lead back for the Rams until somebody else comes back. It's not a very plentiful backfield there for Los Angeles. So, yeah, the Rams are the Rams need more production and running back too. Antonio Gibson, yeah, it's it's slim pickings, unfortunately, and uh, that's just how it is this time of year, especially when the bye weeks come into effect. But you never know who you might be able to find with whoever has to, you know, make moves going into this uh, going into this waiver this week. Now on to receiver, the CN, Allen Robinson, Marvin Jones Jr., Sky Moore, Nicole Hardman. Now Nicole Hardman, talk about a great option for picking up a random receiver and putting him on your roster. I should say random, but. Picking up a waiver receiver, putting him on your roster, went for went for a lot, two rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. It doesn't get better than that. And that, uh, shoot, why wouldn't you want that? Wondell Robinson will be the guy, I feel like, in this New York Giants offense. I feel like he's their best receiver option. And if he's available on your waiver wires and you need a wide receiver, he'd be one to go for on that New York Giants team. He's going to his production is going to keep increasing week in and week out. I firmly believe that just because of their situation. And Bellinger, tight end Bellinger, who I really liked, is now out with the orbital injury. Uh, talk about put in a new way of describing a eye poking. That was brutal. Um, he's going to be out for a while. Eye injuries are not nothing to mess around with. And so that will open up targets for the receivers uh, in, in that offense. And then, I mean, you got Mac Hollins too. It's truly going to depend on the week for him. He had two for 44 last week. Not that that's something to, you know, write home about. It, it It's just another option. So, I think he had more than that. He had a touchdown too. Yeah, he had a receiving touchdown. So still not necessarily what we're looking for from a target perspective with Matt Collins, just because you have Renfro and Adams who are going to absorb majority of the of the targets. And Josh Jacobs is also taking away opportunities for the wide receivers because he keeps running like a madman. So it's just diff- it's going to be difficult to get another receiver involved in that offense consistently, but. We're talking desperate times, desperate measures here. So it's all in the eye of the beholder. And maybe you have inside knowledge that somebody else doesn't. So and then the Packers wide receiver situation. I mean, Sammy Watkins, probably the only guy I'd consider picking up if I needed somebody. 
I don't even know, like with Romeo Dobbs right now, you might want to find an alternative to him because it he seems to be in that rookie mode for sure. And Aaron Rodgers seems to be vying away from him because of coverages. He just kind of giving me Valdez Scantling vibes when he can't bring the ball in and catch it. And it's just difficult to see because he was so productive in preseason and early on. And now it's like he doesn't even get a look from Rodgers. In Watkins, Aaron Rodgers, it seems like he's going to favor veterans more. But I don't even – the offense doesn't even really have an identity. So maybe even just steering clear of Packer wide receivers altogether outside of Alan Lazard would be your best bet. It, it It's an offense that – and Robert Tanyan, I should say – it's an offense that should be more productive and another receiver should be getting more involved. But even when the Packers did have Devonte Adams and Tanyan, it seemed as though it was just those two along with Aaron Jones that were productive. It wasn't always a third receiver. You know, Lazard would have that game every once in a while, but it was seldom. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers is out there getting every receiver involved as much as you would probably like. I I wish he would get more receivers involved. I'm not sure what's that what what that's going to take from Matt Lafleur and company, but that's just kind of my Packer two cents. I just feel like they should be more of a power run team right now anyway, and less of the receiver, less of the receiver, less of the motion, more more simple. And I'm not sure what Aaron Rodgers meant by more simple, but. What happened against Washington, I didn't see more simple, especially in that fourth down call where they, I'm not sure if Watkins was supposed to block on that play or if he was supposed to run the fade or this, or yeah, he was, he ran like a, just a streak and then Romeo Dobbs was there by himself and he couldn't bring the ball in and it was just. Yeah, bad fourth down. It was fourth and one. Why are you passing on fourth and one, Aaron Rodgers? Run the ball. Give A.J. Dillon the rock or put two tight ends in the backfield. Put that three tight end formation back out. This isn't a Packers podcast. I'm a little salty about how the Packers are playing. Moving on to tight ends that I would buy, sell, or hold. Hunter Henry, safe. I would say Irv Smith Jr. has one of the higher upsides. On a lot of waiver wires, Tyler Conklin, he might have some action. Cole Komet, still skeptical about Justin Jefferson, but I mean, he's Justin Jefferson is going to benefit from rushing the football, and you know, he'll have, I mean, maybe he'll get somebody else involved. Those passing numbers are still something that concern me. Is 13 for 21, so. How much of that goes to Cole Komet, it's still yet to be, it, it'd just be tough to have any consistency with that yeah, in terms of just, yeah, two touchdowns, 32 yards, not really what I'm looking for from a fantasy perspective. But Greg Dulcich, on the other hand, that's something I'm looking for. I like seeing how he's been utilized in the Denver offense. They seem to target him as they did six times, six receptions. Well, nine targets, six receptions for 51 yards. He is worth the roster for tight end spots that you need uh, to have an answer for. So it's just uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of things to 
factor in this week with all the injuries that came up. Yeah, Mike Williams, Brees Hall is two very fantasy relevant players in the fantasy football influencer world that were affected. So the the all time just all time uh, morale in the fantasy world is a little it's a little low after that Brees Hall Mike Williams injuries this past weekend. I'm not going to lie. People are going to have to start getting pretty creative at their rosters. So good luck on the waivers this weekend. I I honestly am considering pausing some of my waiver wires uh, acquisitions outside of Gus Edwards and a couple of others that I'm really interested in. Khalil Herbert. I don't know why he was available. Oh, probably because somebody wanted to pick up Dante Foreman or Chubba Hubbard. So that's why. Oh, Blackshear is available. He's the third running back in Carolina. That could be a sneaky pickup because we don't really know how that situation is going to manifest consistently uh, week in and week out. On the defensive side, uh, you have the Bengals at Cleveland. That's a sneaky good pickup. I would buy the Bengals defense. Bengals defense has been producing uh, just out of necessity. Not Okay, I'm looking at the numbers. They're not like producing a ton, but they're keeping them in games. And Cleveland is struggling a little bit, it seems like, from the offensive side. They're going to have to do some things with Njoku out. So, oh, speaking of Njoku out, another tight end that might be worth buying is the backup guy in Cleveland. That could be a sneaky one, Harrison Bryant. So another one, just another option to potentially field. As we know, Jacoby Brissett loves targeting tight ends. Rams defense at San Francisco. I'm going to pass. Uh, sell, not interested. Steelers at Philadelphia, sell. Raiders at New Orleans could be interesting. Commanders at the Colts. That With Sam Ellinger getting that start there, that might be a sneaky play just because, you know, first-time NFL quarterback, we're not sure what we're going to get from them. And then we have to, oh Tennessee at Houston. That might be a good one. Tennessee against Houston and Falcons against Carolina. So those are some defenses to fill in with if you need uh, another defense to just get a week-to-week start in. I personally would be targeting defenses facing Carolina and Chicago just because of those setups. Although, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that was a bit of a shell shock. And then for kickers, like I said, this is one of those things. You never know. It comes down to opportunity, which teams get the best field position. And I like Greg Joseph against Arizona. And so do does a lot of uh, other fantasy apps. And yeah, Craig Joseph, Arizona, should be some points scored. Their offense is definitely better than the Saints. So I would expect them to get a little more production going there. And then Jake Elliott against Pittsburgh, just because you're going to have lots of... You want to think that Philadelphia is going to score lots of points against that Pittsburgh team that's wallowing and in their own uh, just whatever you want to call it situation. Uh, I was impressed with Rodrigo Blankenship, but I'm not sure 
if that's going to be consistent just because he did yeah he did miss a extra point but he nailed the 50 plus yarder so that could be interesting just want to kind of monitor a little bit throughout the weeks i th- we're talking kickers here you never know so i'm i'm going to shut my mouth and just let it let it happen however you see fit i personally have been a fan of my kicker the seattle kicker Jason Myers, if I'm picking up a kicker, I feel like he's the best one. But honestly, there's it's Justin Tucker and then everybody else that in kickers. That's just how I evaluate it. And that's how most people evaluate it in fantasy. So with that being said, I hope that helps a little bit from the buy, seller, hold perspective. If you have any additional buy, seller, hold questions in terms of players that are available on your waiver wire, send us a screenshot at FSM underscore fantasy. We'll give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down if you should go get them if they're available. I'd love to get your feedback on that. So, yeah, buy, sell, or hold. And with that being said, everybody, you have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. Good luck on your waivers. Brees Hall owners, I feel for you. I'm here for you. If you want to lament, just email the podcast, fffpod at protonmail.com. That's fffpod at protonmail.com. Tweet us, FSM underscore fantasy. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, FSM underscore fantasy. We're still brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. And with that being said, you all have good luck on your waivers this week. And we'll see you in the week eight. Right? It's the week eight. The week eight preview. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. to sell some old sports equipment or maybe you're trying to buy some for a sport that you're getting into or temporarily replace some broken stuff check out sideline swap it's the best place to buy and sell new and used gear accessories and various sports equipment all you have to do is sign up you can go to our website phantomsportsindustries.com under our partners tab click their image and sign up today or do so in the app. From there, all you do, if you're looking to sell, is upload some images, put a price on it, and go on from there. If you're looking to buy, all you do is tell somebody that you're interested. Again, that's sideline swap. All you have to do is sign up today.